Listening to Battle Red Radio. My name is Matt Weston. This evening, I'm joined by the Mike McCarthy to my Jason Garrett, my good friend Taylor. How are you doing this afternoon? Dude, that's the biggest insult you've ever given me as far as an opening. <laughs> I've never been so angry with you in my entire life before starting the show. Are you freaking kidding me right now? You might as well have said, Taylor, I think you remind me of Bill O'Brien. You might as well have gone that far with it to insult me because right now I'm feeling even I'm, – I'm really hurt. I'm, I'm leaving. You're leaving? I'm leaving the show. Where are you going? I don't know. Apparently if I'm Mike McCarthy, I'm going to go get a massage while everyone else is practicing. Dang. Or I'm gonna go watch an Austin Powers film. Oh my god, he makes me so sick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, last episode we talked about the AFC South, my favorite division. Now we're talking about the NFC East, your favorite division. Uh, I hate this division. I feel like every every team in this division is mentally ill. They could win. I can see them all winning somewhere between five and eleven games, and uh, none of them make any sense at all whatsoever. I'm gonna completely agree. I think either way – well, no, I'm going to say that there's one team that you're for sure having to know that they're tanking. The other three, you pretty much flip a coin, and you're just going to see exactly where their season's going to head because it could go 5-11 and 11 or – I mean, one of these teams have to win the division. So that's the thing because you can easily see that we're going to have another debacle where all of them just start losing their games – and then it's just going to come down to who's going to beat up who. I This division is just the worst to have to watch every single year of your life. That you always have to watch every single game because you're forced to. Because your season is always depending on the last three. This is the worst division to be a part of. Yeah, why does anybody even watch football at all to begin with? If you are a fan of either one of these teams, I have no idea how you're able to cope with football. Philly fans are just the, that Super Bowl. Talk about fans that just want to hold on to something forever. Mm-hmm. They'll never have anything else forever. Yeah, it's like uh, somebody had sex exactly one time. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, you were with her last night? Well, I lost my virginity. What's up? No, it's like, yeah, I did that once 13 years ago. Yeah, when I lost my see that was the joke. But no, I, no, 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 but I mean like there was no other times though. Why do you I say do one that? one singular time is what I mean by it? You could have gone with my joke. My joke was fine, but no, we have to do a match spin. It just wasn't specific enough, you know. I thought we can get we can go a little bit deeper, you know. You're trying to hurt me this episode. You know, you already woke me up and you're like, oh, let's talk about your favorite teams. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to open the curtains and hear the singing birds a little bit. There's no singing birds with this division. It's only chaos. Oh, it's, no, it's an insane it's asylum. Insane. So you got the Cowboys just gluing their fingers together. 
You got the Giants who are eating their own turds. You I got, don't know what that is. You got the Eagles who... I don't know. I'm tired. I'm tired of it. <laughs> I hate this division. I don't know. The Eagles are doing something. And then you got Washington who are just a bunch of psychopathic murderers. Yeah, I'm going to say that. Pretty much everybody on Washington is from prison. Yeah, Philadelphia's like uh, in The Sopranos whenever the uncle's in uh, the mental institution and they have this like professor who's like really kind of weird and, and tries to tattle all the time and gets beat up a few times. That's the Eagles. I don't even know why you're trying to make a Sopranos reference right now with me. You yeah, can make like a island reference with me and that would be like more suitable. Well, can you just be that route with the reality? I know you're watching Love Island these days. Don't try to lie to our listeners saying you're still watching Sopranos. I was just trying to be yeah. open. I was being good. open with you. I thought we were vibing right now. I guess we weren't. No, we're not vibing, all right? So you always talk about Sopranos. Sopranos, yeah. Um, so for this week's episode, for today's episode, this week's episode, we're talking about the NFC East, if you didn't know. And we're going to start here first with your Dallas Cowboys. Oh. So the last time we saw your Dallas Cowboys, I don't even remember what happened. I know Garrett Gilbert started. There's some Ben DiNucci action. Um, they lost some close games, won some close games when Prescott was healthy until uh, his ankle went backwards. And it was pretty much a lost season for the first year of the Mike McCarthy era. So, Taylor, do you have a, a better feeling in year two of the McCarthy era of the Dallas Cowboys? Do you have your mojo going right now? Oh, my God. <laughs> you got your mojo, baby. What is the matter with you? See, this is not going to be a good episode. I don't want to do this at all. You're trying to just – you're pushing buttons. Listen, this team here, after watching Hard Knocks, may be just the exact same team I watched last year. Because you already have now Dak Prescott with some type of weird shoulder injury that now he's getting a second MRI on. No, Nobody knows what's going on, and yet they're comparing it to as if a pitcher throwing a baseball. And then I have to listen to Mike McCarthy making Austin Powers reference where every guy in the room is just watching in shock going, is this guy serious? It's the most cringe-worthy scene I've ever watched on Hard Knocks. And the fact that the team themselves get to watch the footage, and that was the best they can come up with of showing Mike McCarthy and putting it in the series blows my freaking mind. He is the worst head coach I've ever seen. Jason Garrett on his Hard Knocks. So you miss Jason Garrett. I'll put it this way. <laughs> hard Knocks on Jason Garrett is a million times more badass than what I I can't believe I said. More than Mike McCarthy. This is embarrassing. It's so bad. The scenes were so bad. I immediately turned to my lady. I go, I thought, it made me feel like Wonder Woman 84. I thought, this is this a joke? Ten minutes in, I go, is this a, is this a joke? So was Mike McCarty dressed like a cheetah in this in this version of Hard Knocks? If he would have been dressed as a cheetah, I would have loved it because then everyone would have been like, ha-ha, he's that jokester guy. He is just truly kidding. The fact that he then follows up the Austin Power scenes with then going, what's going to be the mojo play? What does that even mean? That doesn't even mean what you think it means, and you're just using it that way. 
Are you okay? Well, I think I think Mike McCartney's a Mike McCarthy's a man who's never been horny in his entire life. He's probably never had boners entire life, so I don't I don't think he understands what mojo means at all. But I think the funniest thing about it too, it's like the average age of an NFL player is like twenty five years old. They don't remember Austin Powers. Like they were all born in nineteen ninety eight after the movie was even out, you know? So with your definition there, that means that the movie being in nineteen ninety eight, it's twenty twenty one. So pretty much they would have been two, three when that they, movie. I think they're older. They're the movie's older than they are. Yeah. So, so they weren't even born when the movie came out. And yet we're still going to show it as far as the comparison wise, because they're really going to pick up the comparison. Mike McCarthy, what the hell are you doing? But I also got to talk about one thing before I jump back in, man, you just need to watch the one scene with Jerry Jones. He has, and everyone should look it up. A big old sausage McMuffin from McDonald's. And what does this man do in the scene? He grabs a container of salt and he just starts shaking it all over that McMuffin. And he just takes a bite and shakes more salt. I, he's, he's like 95, right? He's never going to die. He's never going to die. How can you do that? It's, it's a full-on sausage McMuffin in his hand. It, oh. It's crazy. Whenever he dies, I hope they build a tomb in the stadium, and like under the fifty yard line, they cut a big old hole in it and they put his body in there, and they just roll the turf back over the top. That's probably exactly what's in his will. You know, something crazy is in his will, where he's going to be a part of that stadium in some way. What if they build him into the wall or something so that you could just come and see his body? Or they I mean, uh, they they shave all of his skin off and turn into a football. And they bring up the ceremonial Jerry Jones football uh, before, that you they have to play catch with or or hand it off before they begin every game. You know, oh, uh, that's it's like a Tim Duncan hug. <laughs> yes, yeah, they all have to hug the football <laughs> exactly. That's, that's exactly that's Jerry Jones's skin. That's a horror film right there. Mm-hmm. That's the most disturbing thing I think you've ever said on this show. I like it. So the the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Dak Prescott's back, I guess. Ezekiel Elliott's hungrier than ever. Yeah. Um, he had a quote in Hard Knocks that whenever he farts, you just see a big uh, plume of baby powder smoke because I guess he, he loves baby powder. But I mean, really at the heart of the Cowboys, this is a team based completely around their passing offense. It's Amari Cooper. It's Michael Gallup. It's CeeDee Lamb. It's praying that their offensive line isn't as injured as that Philadelphia Eagles offensive line was last year. And actually Tyron Smith and Zach Martin and Leo Collins actually played this year. Um, so is this passing offense, does it have the ceiling to be good enough to carry the Cowboys to a possible division title this year? Yeah, no, no. I'm, so we kind of talked about it in the last episode with the Tennessee Titans. This may not make any sense, but that's the best duo in the NFL. This is the best triplets in the NFL okay. wide receivers. And it's because I think CD is just going to be amazing this year. I truly do. I think he is at least going to have probably around eight to nine catches per game. I think he's easily going to hit 100 to 110 each and every single time. And then I think you're going to have Gallup hitting that big play. And then you're going to have your regular Amari Cooper. Is he going to catch it this time? Who? Gallup? Gallup? Yeah, he's not going to have that popcorn. He had like 12 drops last year. 
Yeah, I know. He stopped eating popcorn. They're all watching their figure. They're all using Zeke's personal chef. Actually, I don't know if that's true. I just know that he has a personal chef now, which is why he looks a lot thinner. Good. The only only person I truly care about and who I don't like, as much as I talk crap about everybody else, is Cooper. And that's just because I think everybody knows what they're going to be expecting from him, where there's no true breakout. He's going to play... He's going to have 1,200 yards and six touchdowns. It's going to be eight good games. Yeah. And then the other games, he's not going to do that well. I I didn't think about Cooper. Like, he just doesn't seem like much of a gamer, you know? He doesn't rise to the occasion, you know, like big games. And, like, he kind of reminds me of, like, a beautiful horse, you know? I just... Or, like, 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 a really... Yeah, like a beautiful horse, but doesn't win the race at all, or like wins like a race here and there. You know, he seems more like a show horse than a like a dominant like number one wide receiver. Well, it's like this. So if you were to be able to have Amari Cooper, where he's going to get light coverage, he's just going to be that one on one. He's going to do great. But if you're actually a solid corner, or if you even put somebody just near him, he's not going to do that well. It's kind of going back to with the great receivers, it's hard to be able to stop them. Amari Cooper, you can stop. Yeah, then, or like you should, you should, if he has a bad game, it should happen like once a year, not six times a year, you know? It's more than that. It's eight times. Again, it's split. If it's an away game, he's not going to do that well because he doesn't show up for those games. And then they pull him out always in the last second place because that's what you do when you pay a wide receiver $20 million is you pull him out on the last second plays because those don't matter. Those don't matter in the end. You're going to put other guys in that get paid $3 million. I'm just really big on CD. I just want to go back to this is going to be the best second-year player anyone has ever seen. I am putting all of my chips into this man's basket. It's a damn shame. I have a Dak Prescott jersey that, by the way, I'm going to be wearing for our shows once the season starts. All right. I'm going to do it. And I'm never. I'm, I'm going to have a, uh, um, a, a Philip Lindsay jersey <laughs> wear whenever we do our shows. <laughs> what I want from you for Christmas, though, we have to make a bet. And what I want the bet this year for us, the one that you and I are going to really stick with, is jerseys. And when I win our bet this year, I want a CD. Oh, lamp. yeah. I'm not a bad jerseys next year. Let's do that. Yeah. You still owe me That's... dinner for last year, but we'll bet, we'll bet jerseys. Well, it's a dinner already. Yeah, you didn't pay for my dinner. What are you talking about? I paid for something. No, the check got screwed up is what happened. So oh. um, a Cooper, he had, he had, these are some of his box words. He had 23 yards against the Giants. He had five yards against the Eagles. Yep. He had 43 yards against Baltimore. He had 51 against Cincinnati. He had 10 against San Francisco. He had 41 against the Giants. But then he also had... One, two, three, four games with 100 yards or more. Yeah, but you named five games before that. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, like, he's just kind of... You named five bad games, and you said, yeah, but you had four really good games. That's still... Well, that's, that's, that was just... It just goes in line with the conversation we were having, you know? Yeah, but it doesn't make me feel better, all right? You don't need to bring up those things to me, okay? I get it. He's $20 million that shows up half the time. I understand, which after seeing, though, what the Vegas draft picks have been, somehow I feel like Dallas won the trade. I don't I don't know. I just feel like they won that trade somehow. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I think the biggest issue is they drafted Elliott when they did. 
you know, and then gave him $13 million a year. Well, yeah, but uh, I don't know what that's going to be. I'm hoping it's going to be great success because with Ezekiel Elliott, with him looking the way he is now, in hard knocks, he looks like that he cares a little bit more. But to your point earlier, I think it truly does depend on if this offensive line is going to be able to remain healthy. Tyron Smith, it's another year. He said he's really strong. He said, I'm really strong right now. All I've been doing is lifting weights, so that's good. Yeah, it's another year. Tyron Smith, and that back, those legs, those anything. He's the bionicle man. And now we have another year of him hopefully not breaking down. He's he's pickle Tyron. I it just it scares me. It scares me a lot. Um, are you excited for Dakery Prescott, franchise quarterback? You're committed. You signed the paperwork. Yeah. You don't have a big cap hit until 2023, 2024. All right, yeah. it's it's the year of Dakery. Yeah, I am not too okay. So I'm a little pumped. The problem is is that with that shoulder injury already, it's hard to be like really that excited. I just think with Dak, it's going to be the same old, same old man. Until you actually show me that you're able to do things when the ball game is tied. And I'm tired of arguing with people. I'm so What about the Atlanta game last year? Great, man. (laughs) I'm so tired of having to argue that Dak Prescott didn't show anything last year. Oh, look at the stats. Look at the numbers. I'm so glad he's able to do that when teams are playing prevent defense and he's able to just keep tossing the ball downfield to open guys because his wide receivers are so damn good. But when the game is tied, he's not doing this. And you got paid. I love that you got paid because you proved it. After what I just mentioned beforehand, he proved nothing. And yet he is getting paid Patrick Mahomes type money. I am not a fan of the contract. Uh, so, said I signed the dotted line. So, so uh, Dak Prescott had one game-winning drive last year in two thousand seven, two thousand nineteen. The Dallas won eight and eight. He had zero game-winning drives, zero fourth-quarter comebacks. Yeah. In two thousand eighteen, he had three fourth-quarter comebacks, five game-winning drives. In two thousand seventeen, zero fourth-quarter comebacks, four game-winning drives. And his rookie year was actually his best, like clutch year. He was at five fourth quarter comebacks, five game winning drives. So, but yeah, the last two years he hasn't been that quarterback that you know you wish he was. He's been a real Teddy Bridgewater. You mean that I'm paying for? You yeah. mean that forty three million dollars for? Because that is what he is worth, right? It's for, I am so tired of this. This is the worst thing I always have to experience ever. Is me having to argue. And by the way, this is like a different argument, which is weird. I'm having the reverse of with Romo. Where I believed in Romo, and then everybody would laugh at Romo. Yeah, yeah. And now it's like the reverse, where people that are not even fans of Cowboys are like, oh, well, Dak's not that bad. What the hell are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, this is a good point. And it's it's really weird that I've just switched the thing. And it's also because I think Romo kind of showed me more. And he didn't really go and take – I don't know if he did. I need to go back to his contract. Yeah, he took a big contract. Did he take top five money? He did. Didn't yeah, he? he did. God. Yeah, but he he was the only one on that team. I think the difference though between Romo and Prescott is like it seems kind of it seems a little bit different. Whereas like Romo had a worse team around him. 
yeah. than I think Prescott has. Like when, Pre- when Dallas had their best year at Prescott, that was a, a really good team. Like they were they were stacked. Um so the last team. so the last year with Romo, the year they lost to the Packers in the playoffs, the Cowboys averaged twenty nine point two points a game. Do you think this version of the Cowboys can match that level of offensive production? Yeah, if Dak Prescott is healthy, I easily think so. And it's because, well, and the offensive line, even though I have the bionicle man. But when it comes to this Dallas Cowboys team, I mean, the offensive power is here. You have everything. It's not even just Zeke. It's like you have Pollard still. You have so many different type of weapons that you you have Blake Jarwin. You have things that you're able able (laughs) to use. Dalton Schultz, Dalton Schultz, Dalton Schultz. Hey, man, Blake Jarwin, come on. Stop it. All right? He's, He's huge, okay? He's touchdown machine. But... It all depends on if everybody is able to stay intact here. If they are, this is easily, man, this is top seven offense. Top seven offense. And their wide receivers are just so good. CeeDee Lamb is going to have over 1,000 yards, 1,200. I'm so excited. Do you even want to talk about the defense? Yeah, I get to talk about that. Because I know like we're fans here of former head coaches becoming defensive coordinators. And no. Dallas has Dan Quinn as the D.C., Right. Um, they're going to run this 4-3 defense. They have the linebackers to do it. I don't know if they have the cornerbacks to do it. They don't have the safeties to do it. And they don't have the front four pass rush to do it. And so, like, I, I think Diggs will be good at cover three defense. Um, They have a, a current cornerback competition between Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis. Kazi, Casey's not that guy. Devontae Casey's not that guy. Uh, Donovan Wilson's not that guy at safety at all. And then their front four pass rushes to Marcus Lawrence, Neville Gallimore, who I really like, Carlos Watkins, former Houston Texan, who's bad, about to have the Christian Covington treatment yeah, there in Dallas. Um, and then Randy Gregory. Now, this is a bad front four pass rush. It's really bad. What are you talking about, Matt? Demarcus Lawrence, dude. Yeah, a lot of hurries. He was actually pretty good last year. What, are you being serious right now? <laughs> He's Do pretty good. I'm not <laughs> pretty good. Twenty million dollars good? I mean he wasn't like Jadavion Clowney, but yeah, he's pretty good. Twenty million dollars good? No, it wasn't twenty million dollars good, but he's pretty good. Exactly. And I think I think this could be a contract year for him. I don't know if it is. No, no, no. I thought he only had three years on that. I thought it was sixty mil three years. No, he got Dude, stop. Are you just trying to do this like make me even angrier? This is what you do. Come on, give me positive news. Stop being an ass. Um, I just like, I just don't like the like, I don't again, like anything either. Again, like the, I, I like the linebacker group a lot. Me too. I think using a first round pick on Micah Parsons was kind of stupid because because yeah. linebackers well, aren't that important in the NFL. But he's no. just there as a safety valve for Leighton Vander Esch because he's Sean Lee now. But okay, like, it's, it's a good, it's a good linebacker group. That's the only good thing I can say about this defense. And so it's like, all right, so is Dallas going to win games? You know, thirty-two to twenty-seven, or they can be able to get a lead early and run the ball and run the clock out and shorten the game because that's really kind of the only thing they can do. You know, right now is what they have. This would be a bad defense, Taylor. Yeah, I think it, he has dude, two I more. Have... He has two more years on his contract, Taylor. His cap hits twenty-five million this year, twenty-seven million next year, twenty-nine million dollars next year. Um, <laughs> they still owe. 44, 53, 63, 74 million dollars in dead money. So that's pretty good. Matt, I absolutely hate you. From the bottom of my heart, why would you even say that on this show? I don't want to. Why? I'm depressed. 
That made me full on depressed by you having to say that. I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing now with myself. When it comes to this defense, I completely agree with you. I think and my only hope is is that the secondary is able to make a few plays, a few more than what they did last year, which I think was maybe two. So I'm hoping that maybe I can have around that seven to eight interceptions, and then I would be extremely happy. But I love the linebackers. I think that Vander Esch is even worse than Sean Lee when it comes to those injuries, which is why you think it being stupid. I completely disagree. The cornerbacks were taken in front of them, which is who they truly wanted. So if everybody is taken, you then go with the best guy in front of you, which Vander Esch, again, cannot hold up. So that's why then you draft parts. It makes perfect sense. You're just trying to be... I'm, I'm just saying the fact, like... You can find linebackers elsewhere. And I think a pass rusher would have been more valuable. I think a cornerback would have been more valuable um, from where they're currently at right now. But Dallas loves linebackers. By the way. They love linebackers. Especially from Penn State. Yeah, they love they, they love linebackers. Um, yeah, I just think it's going to be a really bad defense. I think they're going to have to score a lot of points. And I don't know. I'm, I'm concerned about Prescott and this injury he has right now too. And, and along with the fact that this is kind of an older offensive line, so my cute little prediction for Dallas is that I think Prescott has more than 5,000 yards passing and that Lamb and Cooper both have more than 1,000 yards receiving. I'm going to say this, and I don't want to say this, but I'm going to believe it. I think Zeke is going to have a breakout year. I think this is his. He already broke out, though. He's having a return to, he's having a return to form. No. no. Is that what you mean? This is the reincarnation, yes. If that's what you want to call it, fine. What I mean by breakup, man, he hasn't existed to me in the past two years. So 1,200 yards, 1,400 yards? 1,200 yards for Zeke, and it's going to be over at least 1,100 for CD. Okay. I think think Elliott's one of those guys in fantasy football that you don't draft him after he's had a really good season. You draft him after he's had kind of a crappy season. I think that's the time to do so. Um, yeah, so the over-under for Dallas is nine. I'm taking the under. I'm going eight and nine. Wow, I'm taking the over on this one because I'm at least going to give them 10 and seven. I just think this is a really bad defense. I agree with you. I, we're like, not this, arguing. Is, this is really bad. I just need them to make a play. No, their defense last... You know what, Matt? This is what you do. When your defense is so bad, Last year, you go and you get a coach whose defense was even worse. And yeah, and has had like eight good weeks of defensive performance. And also coached like one of the most talented defenses in NFL history whenever um, he was good to begin with. But I do I do bless the Cowboys because every year is their year. This year is no different that. than every other year. We're this going year. to the Super Bowl. It's finally going to happen. Um Got you know the 1990s were a long time ago, and we have to create a new era of great Dallas Cowboys football. This is y'all's year. Forget every year. It doesn't matter. Quincy Carter can be the quarterback. It doesn't matter. It's our year. Um. So the next team here, the New York Giants. I don't understand this team either. This team doesn't make any sense to me at all either. Um. So they had a big off season. They added Kenny Galladay, Adoree Jackson, Kyle Rudolph. Devontae Booker, Ifiati Odenigbo, John Ross, Mike Glennon, Ryan Anderson, Reggie Ragland, 
Colin Gillespie, Danny Shelton, Kelvin Benjamin, who they already cut, and Corey Clement. Um, I I just don't. So let's start with the offense. It's Daniel Jones is good at one thing, throwing the ball downfield. And he's also their best. He was their best running back last year as well, too, which is very funny. But um, I think on throws over, I got some no- numbers for you. On throws over 25 yards, Daniel Jones had 26 attempts. He completed 46.2% of his passes, which was his third. In 2020, as well, on throws over 15 yards, he was 57.7% on 71 attempts, which was fifth. The problem here, though, is Jason Garrett's his offensive coordinator, and Jason Garrett doesn't let him throw the ball downfield. And like I think the idea here is to have Saquon healthy, run the ball a lot, run the ball a lot, run the ball a lot, and then throw a play action deep off of it. And uh, like I, I think it's just I don't know. I mean, that's the, I think that's the idea here. I don't think that's yeah. I would. Hope, I mean, maybe you could be right because it's Jason Garrett here, but I actually really like this offense. I yeah, except for Daniel Jones, and like the only thing he's good is throwing the ball deep. That's he's where, blind. He makes bad mess. He's like Carson Wentz in a way. But I'll put it to you this way: this is going to be his make it or break it moment, and we've talked about this earlier. It's the last ride. Exactly. This is it because you're not going to be able to have as many weapons as a young quarterback as he does now. Where even with his offensive line, they have made the improvements that they need. I to. like their offensive line. And, I like, if you if you look at the pro football focus stuff, the Giants have like the worst offensive line. I like it. I think it's pretty good. It's yeah, wait, Andrew what? Thomas, a left tackle. I think probably Andrew Thomas last year is that he's a right tackle, having been to the left of the NFL. Uh, it was very difficult for him. They got a new offensive line coach halfway through the year, and uh, he he really played a lot better like during like the last half of the season compared to the first half. And Shane Lemieux left guard. He was bad last year, but he's young. He'd probably be better. I love Nick Gates. He's their starting center. I absolutely love Nick Gates. Um, they have Willie Hernandez at right guard. He's moving from left guard to right guard. And Nate Solder's back to from after Sam from COVID last year. He's gonna play right tackle. Who's gonna replace the young player Matt Pert? Like I like this offensive line. I think it's gonna be you know at least pretty good. You know. Well, exactly. Which is why I'm going back to and you even mentioned it. It truly kind of depends on Daniel Jones, which is why I'm saying that I believe he's going to have the protection. He's going to have the running game whenever now you have Saquon back there. If healthy, you still have some Devontae Booker. But Booker was really good last year for Vegas. Exactly. But you have the wide receivers, man. You have the Kenny Galladay now. You have the Sterling Shepard. But Shepard's been bad the last two seasons. But he needs another guy there. It's because he's not a number one. Yeah, I hope, I hope so. I like Darius Slay a lot because he only make, he only catches two passes a game. They're each for fifty yards. Exactly, it always makes it a break. It like but, the it's yeah, I I agree. It's here in yeah. place. The downfield passing attack is here in place. It's just Carrot's bad, and he doesn't do it. He tries to throw RPOs and cute drag routes, and like that's where Kadarius Tony comes into play. Um, Evan Ingram's a good like vertical slot position wide receiver too, but he drops everything as well. Like if Garrett wasn't the offensive coordinator, I'd feel a lot better about the Giants offense. But because it's Garrett and because we saw what he did last year, which was really stupid, uh, I'm expecting it to be stupid again this year too. Like he's never been a good offensive coordinator. Matt, I have no idea who you're going to say in this division is not stupid at this point because I don't know who you're going to pick. Because for me, this is kind of the best team in the division. Really? 
as far as what I feel like is a complete team that they would have from top to bottom a decent defense with a supposedly solid offense here, this to me should be the best team. And it truly depends on if Danny Dimes is going to be able to do it. But I agree with Garrett being the coach that could easily hold them back. I just, you're not going to get a better shot here. All this right. division I got, is just I got, so open. I got one more stat for you. Daniel, more- Daniel Jones, average depth of target last year, 7.8 yards. That was 25th. I was going to give him nine. Yeah. Nine is good. Yeah. Again, like this is Garrett's offense. He doesn't, under, I don't understand it at all. I think they're going to run the ball a whole lot, and they're going to try to throw a deep play action off of it. Um, and like, I don't know what to expect about Saquon. He's not practicing yet. They don't know if he's going to be ready for week one. We don't know what he's going to look like whenever he comes back. We don't know when he's going to be healthy either. Um, but defensively, this is one of the best secondaries in football with James yeah. Bradbury, Adoree Jackson, um, Isaac Yadam, Darnay Holmes, Logan Ryan, Xavier McKinney, Jabril Peppers. One of the best secondaries in football. It's like, you kind of put in that same sort of elite tier along with Denver and New England and uh, you have some other teams. Well, no, I completely agree. And it feels like that with this, and that's why they even scare me when it comes to being a Dallas fan. It's because it's a second, tough team for them to play against. Exactly, because everything Dallas Gosh, do, what a du- those are the two dumbest games for the Giants against the Cowboys this year. And you're going to be watching them with me, or I'm just going to be sending you highlights over that instead of you sending me offensive lineman highlights. So week week five, they play Dallas. Week five and week 15. Week five and week 15? Man, those are kind of... Man, those are later on, both of them. They usually play them back-to-back really early. It's kind of strange. Yeah, and usually I don't have to wait that long for a Giants game. Damn. Either way... I really like this defense. I agree. The secondary is just going to be a really hard time, especially for me. But I just, do you think that their front is going to be able to put any type of pressure overall? Or do you think that's probably the weakest part? Well, they're funny because they have a really good interior pass rush between Lawrence and Williams. They combine for 14 half sacks, 24 hits, and 45 hurries. And a lot of those are Leonard Williams on his own, who had the breakout season last year. Um, finally with the Giants after getting close a few times to the Jets. they But yeah, they don't have any edge rushing at all. They have uh, Jimenez, who's an interesting player. They have uh, Adjulari from Georgia. He's more of like a, a coverage, kind of like Jack of all trades, edge defender. Not necessarily as much of a, a pure like you know edge rusher. And they also play, they're moving to a 3-4 this year too. Lorenzo Carter's okay. They, but yeah, they don't have an edge rush at all. It's like it's all from the interior and so it's really weird. And I also, I don't expect them to blitz a whole lot either. Um, I don't like their linebackers. I don't like Crowder. I don't like um, I don't like Blake Martinez. I know he makes a lot of tackles because it's pretty easy playing linebacker. When you have Williams and Lawrence and Johnson and Shelton in front of you, and even going back last year, Tomlinson, who weighs like 375 pounds. So, yeah, I mean, the, the pass rush is good in the interior, but it's not on the exterior. You know, I would say, though, what, let me ask you, do you feel comfortable? Because with Joe Judge, He's a cop. Joe Judge is a cop. So do you like him, though? He's like Punisher, uh, Blue Lives Matter flags for a guy. Listen, all I know is last week, whenever the brawl broke out in the Giants, and immediately it was all about the running back being touched, I think it was Clement or something, and then it just broke out into something huge, where then Danny Dimes ended up at the bottom of the pile. 
So Joe Judge pretty much just ran suicides the entire time, had them saying that he was unsatisfied. Apparently, according to all the reporters, were saying that he was having an explicit conversation with everybody so loud that it made the reporters uncomfortable to a point because he would not stop and nobody else would say another word. He's a cop. He's unhinged. He's a but lunatic. You know what New York needed. I mean, I would love that type of. Uh, this it, is this. Yeah, he would be. That's a great coach for middle school football. Yeah, he can I, go to Eisenhower, and he'd be great there. I would rather have the middle school football coach do that instead of talking about Mojo. That's fine. There's two different worlds <laughs> out there, and neither one were very good. Uh, did you also see the thing about Jason Garrett where? He was addressing the media, and they didn't call him coach. And he's like, "That's Coach Garrett." He's what? like, "You mean coach?" He wouldn't answer their questions unless they referred to him as coach. What is that? What a dork! What? <laughs> what a complete dork! You know what? You know what he wants people to do though, and <laughs> nobody would ever. That's a man. It's like man. somebody who has a, a PhD in in your know, baseball history. Like that's a do- I'm, that's doctor to you. You know what? Standing right next to Mike McCarthy, he's allowed to say those things. You know, it's fine. I can't believe Miss Garrett. Well, he, here he is now. Um, yeah, I, I mean, like I again, like I, I like the offensive line a lot more than the the narrative is and the pro football focus numbers say. I like the wide receiver group. Like I think Daniel Jones could be Joe Flacco. Like I think that's what he is. Like at his peak, I think he'd be Joe Flacco. I think he has the offensive players here to do it. But I just don't think this is a dominating defense. I think this is a pretty good defense. Yeah. I, I think it's pretty good. You know, yeah. I think the offense could be fine, you know. But again, it's like, what are we looking at here? We're looking at six wins, seven wins. They remind me of all the Raiders. I think they're stuck. I hate them so much. You know? I think they're completely stuck. They remind me of the Raiders, but just a little bit worse. I still think that this team on paper should be the best team in the division. Crazy. Which is if Saquon is healthy, if Saquon plays around 14 games, then I think this team is playoff bound and they are winning the division. Crazy. If he plays 10 or less, no. Well, uh, I'm kind of talking about the Giants. Um, and last year they, were, they weren't very lucky or unlucky. Yeah, they're pretty much middle of the road and everything. I'm going to go for my key little prediction. Their pro football focus grades their offensive line out at least 14th. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's mine. Yeah. I'd say that's right. I would say I'd put them in about 11 to 14. What's Wait, it? that's your prediction? That's my key little prediction. My key little prediction. My, how about we call it my little prediction? No, I like the cute little prediction. Okay, my cute little prediction. All right. It kind of sounds like My Chemical Romance, my cute little prediction. I like it. We should make a band for my cute little prediction. I like my cute little prediction. Dude, that's a good band name. Hell yeah, write that down. We're sticking to it. All right, my cute little prediction is that the New York Giants win this division. I still don't see it. I don't even make a very good argument for it either. Well, I'm not trying. Hey, I'm not trying. So you think they win the division like six and eleven? I'm talking about it's this division. But like, how many? So like, do you think they win? They're like the Redskins of last year, or the Washington football team, where they go seven and nine, 
and win the division, or do you think they're uh, like above five hundred team? I think they go nine and eight. All right. So the over under here is seven. I'm taking the under, but I'm gonna say they go seven and ten because I we can't do a push. I'm taking the under. My prediction here is seven and ten. You're taking the over at nine and eight. I am. Huh? What's? I hate this division. <laughs> no, see, that's why it's crap. And like the next team we're about to talk about, the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't like this team either. Like the only the best part about the Eagles is they have a good offensive line and a good defensive line, but they're all old and they were all hurt last year. Fletcher Cox is thirty one. Brandon Graham is thirty three. Ryan Kerrigan's thirty three. They have two young edge rushers and Sweat and Barrett. Sweat's twenty four. Bar- I mean Barnett. Sweat's twenty four. Barnett's twenty five. Their offensive line. Jason Kelsey's 34. Lane Johnson's 31. Brandon Brooks is 32. Their left side of the offensive line is Isaac Suomalo and Jordan Mailata right now because Andre Diller can't win that um, that camp battle. And like Brooks hasn't really been practicing yet as well either. He had to go back in the training room whenever he tried to come back earlier this year. It's old. They're old, you know? And so it's like the best part of their team is old and aging. And then everything else here is just bad or it's just young players who haven't showed anything yet at all. By the way, I just got to switch one thing here because I know people are going to call it out. Uh, so when it comes to the Cowboys, I think I put them at 10 and 7. And then I think I put New York at 9 and 8. We'll just switch it, okay? Okay. All right. Just do that for me right on paper. All right. So when it comes to this team, I, I don't want to talk about this team. This team doesn't care. We care more about it than them. They, I don't know what this team is doing whatsoever. I think this team may be trying to set up Hurts for failure, maybe trying to help Hurts out. I don't know what they're doing whatsoever. In the end, I just don't like them. This is going to be the least fun team to watch, and if Dallas loses to this team, I'm going to lose my freaking mind. Wait, wait, uh, you got to keep the conversation going. Yeah, I... Uh... Yeah, I don't and like Hertz. So Hertz was good in fantasy last year because he ran the ball all the time. He had like fifty scrambles last year. He would drop back, and if his man coverage, he'd throw an incompletion. If it was zone coverage, he was pretty good. But usually, because he they would be dropping back in coverage, and he'd just take off and run. That was all he did. So I don't know if Hertz is good or not. Um, like it's kind of how I feel about two. I think like we need more time to have a better idea about him. But it's like let's say the offensive line's healthy and it's hurt. It's uh, hurts. You have Devontae Smith, who it was, you know, the best wide receiver taken last year from a skill, from like a, a multi-dimensional thing. Like Chase is like a better pure wide receiver, but you know Smith is like probably the most electric, you know, playmaker since Ceedee Lamb was taken two years ago. Um, but they have Smith, they have Travis Fulgham, they have Jalen Rager, who was hurt last year and played four games. They have Greg Ward, J.J. Arcega Whiteside. Zach Ertz was bad last year. Um, Dallas Goddard was pretty good. But I don't like this skill position group very much. No. Like, even I mean, if Hertz is good, like, who's he throwing to? By the way, how come you're the only one that can do long pauses? I love doing the long pause. <laughs> when it comes down to this offensive unit, though, the, what did they give Hertz to be able to work with is kind of my question to be able to say this team is trying. I think this team is truly tanking. 
They know they're not going to be able to go anywhere with Jalen Rager as a guy that they're going to truly That's their be number a- two wide receiver. That's what I mean. That's a guy that they're going to truly depend on? No. I mean, Dallas Goddard's a fine Zach. Zach Ertz, I don't think they're really Ertz, trusting. Ertz was awful last year, but it's like you mentioned. Wentz would just stare him down, throwing that double triple coverage. <laughs> he truly was like, I'm going to make this throw. I got you, man. And even Zerk is, Zertz is waving him Ertz, I don't know why I'm combining his first initial and his last name, but Ertz truly was just waving him off saying, please don't throw me the ball, and Carson Wentz would still do it. I just, even with Miles Sanders, I mean, do you believe in Miles Sanders? Oh, I, I love Miles Sanders. You, I know you do. You I talked love about Miles Sanders. Pat, what did he do last year? He was good last year. No, he wasn't. He was good last year for offensive line that was completely hurt. With the worst quarterback in football, with a bad position group. Yards. Yeah, and he had a positive success rate, despite the I'm, fact his whole offensive line was hurt. I'm not about this. I don't think that you're selling me on him at all. You, they had the most injured offensive line last year, and he was still still had positive success rate. So Carson Wentz is better than what we were giving him credit for. I don't think so, but I also so, think part of that, too, is that with Indy, like we mentioned, is they don't have a very good... Left tackle at all. Yeah, he had DVA of 7%. He averaged 5.3 yards a carry. He only had 867 yards. He's only had 164 carries because they were down by so much all the time. Sanders is awesome. Uh, my key little prediction, you know, to spoil it, is that Sanders is a top 10 fantasy running back this year. Oh, my God. There is no way in hell that's yeah. going to Uh-huh. I love him. He's going to be great no. this year. There's no way. So when it comes to then this overall to be able to move away now, I don't believe in anything on this defense either. Well, their defensive really... line's awesome. So then do you believe... They're just they're... old. So Okay, exactly, though. What what are we doing? I, the only thing that... What do they have? Darius Slay in the backfield? Well, that's the, yeah, that's their cornerback. Their corners are bad, no, though. No, I'm saying Fletcher Cox, so is too old. I'm saying that you're not giving me anything as far as that front. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, so there's nothing sad from the front. What do they have that's going to be able to stand out besides Darius Slay? They don't have anything. And, and Slay was front... bad last year, too. There it is. This defense isn't going to do anything. They haven't done anything to help Hurts. This well, is pretty much a setup for failure. And the thing about Slay, too, is that they traded for him to be a number one lockdown corner, and they would just like put him on their team's best wide receiver, and he got torched. Yeah, he couldn't do it every single time. Even Amari would torch him. That's how you know yeah. Is if Amari Cooper's taking advantage of you, that means you have to take a seat. I think his name should be Darius Metcalf after what happened to him against Seattle last year. Oh, sick bird. Got him. Uh, I like Anthony Harris, though. Anthony Harris is really good. They got him on cheap contract. The linebackers are bad. I think Eric Wilson's a good like backup linebacker and uh, was on a really cheap contract, but him starting middle linebacker is kind of a tough spot for him being. But yeah, this, this defense is Brandon Graham, it's Kerrigan, it's Hargrave, it's Cox, it's Barnett, and Josh Sweat. And it's a great defensive line. But I'm just kind of worried about the age of it. You know, it's the same with their offensive line. Their offensive line can be great, but it's just old and they were hurt last year already. Exactly, exactly. So now that you have that old type of front, it's like, are they even going to be able to stay healthy? I just can't see it. And how and how much longer is it going to last? I do think Hurts is like, like I like Smith a lot. I think Rager could be good. I, I just don't think we know enough at all from him. And like He was awesome at TCU, but it does feel like, Hertz is kind of playing like a crumbling empire here. And so um, 
I mean, he's going to get a shot. Like, he's going to start all 16 games this season. But I, I'm interested to in see what he does. And, like, I'm interested to see if he can do something more than just scramble with the ball. Like, that was the biggest thing I got him last year. Like, he's a good scrambler. Well, but do you think that maybe having now Devontae Smith, do you think Devontae Smith is going to be that big of a deal? I think he's awesome. Okay, so then do you think that that's going to be able to help Jalen Hurts going back oh, to yeah, that? yeah, yeah. I mean, of course it's going to help, but uh, it's everything else, though. You know? And also, I don't understand their head coach signing either. It was like, we miss Frank Reich, yep. so Here. let me get the guy who who is breastfeeding Frank Reich. For, or that, let me get the guy that Frank Reich has been breastfeeding the last two years. Great. Cool. 2017 was four years ago. Frank Reich's gone. Yeah, I'm not sure what was I don't even know. What is his name? Uh, Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni. I just don't... I was... It, that was the most shocking sign out of anybody else, and it's because it just seemed like that you just found a guy off the street and said, hey, you want a job? Here's a job. Well, it, it's kind of like the McVay thing, where they're like, oh, you you are friends with Sean McVay, come be our head coach. It's that, but Frank Reich for uh, this decision for the Eagles here. But that's what I mean, is I don't know what they're doing at all. This just seems like that a team that would be tanking but you're making it seem like that they actually have a shot. No, no, no. Um, the other weird thing, too, is their offense coordinator is Shane Steichen. Their defense coordinator is Jonathan Gannon. These are both first-year coordinators, too. So it's a really young coaching staff. It's a young skill position group. It's a second-year quarterback. It's an old offensive line. It's an old defensive line. It's a bad secondary group. It's a bad linebacker group. Um, Joe Flacco's here at backup quarterback to be a complete dickhead still, which is always really funny to see. But, well, he's going to help Hurts for sure. I hear he likes to do that for young guys. Yeah, he love he he loves to to really help somebody yeah, out and learn the game very well. Um, but yeah, my my key little prediction is that Sanders is a top ten fantasy running back. What's yours? My cute little prediction is that Hurts gets replaced by Joe Flacco. What do you mean? Oh, Hurts gets... I thought you said Ertz. I was so confused. No, no. Oh, Hurts to Ertz is a lot of fun to say. <laughs> Man, they're going really nuts. They're going to switch the positions. Okay, which one do you like more? Hurts to Ertz or Darnold to Arnold? Or no, no. Like well, no, no, but not only that, it's Sam Darnold to Dan Arnold. <laughs> I don't think I like that now. You know what? I want the Hurts to Ertz. Okay. That sounds like a cereal. Yeah, I like I like I like uh I really like Sam Darnold to Dan Arnold, but it's a personal preference. So the over under here is six and a half. I'm going the under. I'm going five and twelve. I would go as low as four. Um, I'm not okay. excited to watch the Eagles in all this year. Like yeah. I like there's not like like the only the most interesting thing to me here is Smith and Hurts, and like I'm not that I'm more interested in like probably Tua and Herbert and and even Carson Wentz in, in Indy. That am and hurts, you know? This is the last team anybody is really excited to watch. There's so many other teams with young talent that's going to be much more exciting to watch. This is probably just a, this is the one team in the division that doesn't make sense. At least I can understand with Dallas, they're just overpaid for their stars. Giants, they're giving Danny Dimes everything that he could want to prove it. This team, I without have no- Ryan, Without running the offense for him to prove it in. Well, no, I still think it's going to happen here. But when it comes to the Hurts, I think this is like a setup for failure, which is why I don't know what this team is. 
So what's your so six and a half? Are you going the the under? Going, no, no, I'm going four and thirteen. Four and thirteen. I can buy that. Do you think they're better or worse than the Houston Texans? I know. I think I picked. No, I think I picked Houston at five. I'm gonna say, man, I'm gonna think that they are gonna be worse than the Houston Texans. All right. Well, I mean, like you can still think they're worse, but they can still win more games because their schedule or whatever else, the division they play in, you know. Okay, well, I'm going to say that the Texans are worse. But they win more games. Yeah. That makes sense. So, the last team for today, our football team. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! Football team. Yeah, football team. Uh, This is, like, aside from the quarterback position, this is one of the most complete teams in football. Like, this is like whenever I was t- talking to you about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where I was like, the Bucks are stacked. You know, Jameis is going to the playoffs next year, and they got Tom Brady instead. It's the same thing with Washington. Washington stacked. They're going to be a Super Bowl contender next year, but then they got Ryan Fitzpatrick. And so it's like everything here is perfect. It's beautiful. There's nothing wrong with it here. And then it's like, how many games are you really going to win with Ryan Fitzpatrick starting 17 games? I think we've talked about this, and I don't know, maybe it's the old man that's told me about this, but every single season where Ryan Fitzpatrick has those type of expectations. He is the quarterback. Well, and it's like, this is a team that's ready, to your point. This is the team that's just done so well with adding every piece that they need in order to be a contender. You, This is you. You take this over. You take us to the promised land. This is when Fitzpatrick starts being not Fitzmagic, but Fitzpatrick. <laughs> That's what starts to truly happen. Right, how about uh, how about Shitzpatrick? Okay, what are we doing, man? This is a family show. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, yeah, I said Shits with a Z. Shitzpatrick. Like a Shitzu? Yeah, Shitzpatrick. Shitzu Patrick. I don't like No, it. there's no zoo. It's Shitzpatrick. You know what? I don't like it. It's, it's just, it's a family show, man. Or we can say Fizz Crab Trick. What, what are you trying to do right now? I don't know. <laughs> when it comes to this, if their running backs stay healthy, though, that's going to be an interesting. I just think that Fitzpatrick is going to ruin it. I'm really hoping that Heineke is going to be able to come in. Un- would, you, uh, would you rather Tyler Heineke, Ryan Fitzpatrick, or Kyle Allen? I would rather Fitzpatrick be the Fitzmagic because I've always talked about it. I just think that it's not going to work. I just don't think it's going to work this year. And I hope that it's going to be Hanky. I don't like Kyle Allen. I've seen this. I kind of like Kyle Allen. He had a chance. He's not good. Give me some Heineke, man. Well, he got hurt last year, and then Alex Smith came in. Man, Kyle Allen? Kyle Allen's a fun name to say after you've had like 12 beers. Well, no, it I just know. becomes one name, you know. It just goes Kyle Allen. Kyle. Kyle Allen. But I, I love me some McLaurin, so I think no matter what, that's gonna be. Here. And Logan Thomas, man. This is the best. This is the best skill position group in the division. Well, I don't really care for Humphreys. Curtis Samuel's kind of like a trick pony type of thing, where you just hope he's gonna be able to make that type of trick play or what the wild. Yeah, he can run it. But like Cam Sims is like six five and fun. Uh, Steven Sims is like Tavon Austin. 
Uh, Logan Thomas is the best tight end in the division. Terry oh, McLaurin's a true number one wide receiver. Diami Brown's dynamic. This is the best. Uh, Antonio Gibson is a great mid zone back. JD McKissick is a great wide receiving back. This is the best skill position group in the division. Uh, I'm not saying they have the best wide receivers, but when you include running backs and tight ends, this is the best skill position group. I would, I, I may give it to New York, uh, or maybe even Dallas. I maybe even give it to. I'm gonna give it to Dallas. I would um, say Washington, then Dallas, then New York, then uh, Philadelphia. I'm say Dallas, New York, and then Washington. That's fair. Um, I disagree, but you know. Well, we're 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 here to celebrate our differences, but yeah. I, I'm I am as a Washington football team fan, I am oh, surprised oh. that they didn't make a move at quarterback more substantial than this. And like they gave Fitzpatrick a one year, ten million dollar contract. They have to re-sign this entire defensive line the next few years. Um, they already resigned one of them in Jonathan Allen, but they had to resign Payne. They had to resign Sweat. You know, here pretty soon. But the thing about it's like they have the entire roster, but the quarterback. It's like watching the Houston Texans again. They're the exact same sort of team. It's like watching the 2016 Texans, and I I don't know. I'm kind of nostalgic for that sort of team because that's what all Houston football was the previous decade. But yeah, I wish they trade up and took Justin Fields. Well, like this would be a Super Bowl caliber team. They just trade up and did what the Bears did and took Justin Fields. Well, and to your point, too, it's kind of like, what are they going to do with quarterback at this point if they're not going to make that type of move? Because now, with next year, they are going to have to pay the guy. So you you would think this team is going to be good. You would think this team is at least an eight-win team no matter what. So if that's the case, they're not going to have that bad of a bat. Yeah, they won't be. They have to trade up again. Exactly. And so, even then, it may not be enough or high enough. Yeah. May not, and you would have to give up a lot more pieces than what you probably would have had to do this past draft. I just, I, I agree. I think Washington should have made a move here, and it's because I don't know where they're going to go. They're pretty much in QB hell now. Besides, yeah, this is quarterback hell. Whenever, yeah. whenever Ryan Fitzpatrick's your Week One starter, that's the bottom level of quarterback hell. You better hope Heineke is that or Heineke Hanky. I, I just like saying Heineke. But I, you better hope that he is something because that would actually make it fun. But otherwise, I bet he's going to play sometime. This this would be a perfect Minshew team. I right. would, I wish Jameis was in Washington. What are you giving up, man? Fifth round pick. So you're saying that Washington should just straight up make that phone call? Yeah. If all you have to do is get rid of fifth round pick for, unless they don't believe in Minshew. Probably not. But I would believe in that mustache. You would become the biggest Washington fan I've ever seen in my life. I mean, I'm already probably the biggest Washington fan you've ever seen in your entire life. No way, man. I have like people in laws that are actually mm. Washington fans, all right? Um, but like yeah, so going back to you know the offense, I personally the best skill position group in, in the division, you think differently. The offensive line's a really fun mid zone running offensive line. Uh, they had Charles Leno Jr. play left tackle. was a good pass-protecting tackle. They lost some in their, in their run get blocking for making the decision. They drafted Sam Kazmi at right tackle from UT. I think he's going to be a monster. Their interior is great. Again, this is a great mid-zone blocking team. Logan Thomas is a terminator. Like we talked about last year, he's a tight end. He blocks. 
catches eight passes, breaks tackles, and he plays like 99% of the snaps. You never see a tight end play that many snaps. Um, Antonio Gibson's a great mid-zone running back too. And then defensively, there's not a hole in this team. No. There's not a hole in this defense. Yeah. The defense is actually the scariest thing on planet Earth, which is why I've always told you I wanted Ron Rivera. Whenever Ron Rivera has control, it's the weirdest thing. It happened in Carolina. Where whenever his first couple of years he came on the spot, the defense just was incredible, stopping everybody. And now Washington is that, and I have to deal with this crap. But this defense is amazing. I love this defense. Yeah, they were third in DVOA in one year. I would do anything for this defense. And I I think that's going to be the best part of the team to watch, which is why I'm not a fan of the skilled players on the offensive side. Because I think their defense is just so much better than their offense. Well, they can still be good. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, I agree. Their defense is much division, better than their offense. Their defense is more impressive. Yeah, I'm not saying it isn't. I completely okay. agree that defense is more impressive. But it's not like you can't have a great defense and great well, skill players. This is like a Super Bowl caliber team if they have a quarterback. Yeah, they are. I wish they traded them and took Justin okay. Fields. This would be a quarterback. This would be a Super Bowl level team. Not a Super Bowl quarterback team. Yeah, they're a quarterback away. That offense is not out. Yeah, the rest of the offense is too. This yeah, this this like team. Curtis Samuel is not going to take you to the promised land. Yeah, Curtis Samuel, Humphrey, Sims, Sims, You're, Logan Thomas, Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, JJ, JD McKissick will. Not arguing about McLaurin. Not arguing. Yeah, about they're the all. I'm not. I'm not saying Samuel's going to take you to the Super Bowl. I'm saying it's in combination or anything else. This team is the 2019 Buccaneers. No. That's what this team uh-uh. is. They're the 2019 Buccaneers. Man, you just want control over this team so you could just trade for the quarterback that you want right now. Sure, I hope. I don't know. I wish some old quarterback would, would leave a team. Russell Wilson should go here next year. He should be unhappy to go to Washington next year. You kidding me? After they made Aaron Rodgers should go here next year. No, Aaron Rodgers is going to Denver. No, because they, they don't need a quarterback. They got Bridgewater. Oh my God! Stop <laughs> it! This is what you do. All right, all right. This is what's gonna happen. Aaron Rodgers to Washington next year. Washington wins the Super Bowl. Okay, I would easily believe that, but the problem is he's going to Denver if he ever leaves. Maybe I don't know. Um, well, always gonna say, "Hey, Rodgers, you can show up. You can do whatever you want. You can just like hang out, man. Just be you. Seriously, hang out." And that's all it's going to happen. And my point is, no one's going to tell him what to do. No one's going to say he's going to show up to practice whatever the hell he wants. And that's how he's going to live his life. That's why he's going to Denver. He's yeah, and I think, and I think well, he, I also think Rogers is this guy who likes structure, and he he required like told what to do by Ron. No. no, yeah, he would. I think he likes coaches like that who demand that who deserve that respect. Things by Ron. A guy's name Ron are the worst. You know, Ron Rivera's son and Jack Delvaria's son are both on the coaching staff here. Oh, yeah? You know know where Freddie Kitchens is at? He's with the Giants. Again, the Giants aren't winning this division. Another strike against the Giants. That's a big strike here. But I like some Joe. I'm still a believer in the cop. He's a cop. I like the cop. Um, But yeah, last year, Payne, Allen, Sweat, and Young combined for... 25 and a half sacks, 21 and a half sacks, 37 hits, 89 pressures. And in yeah. Young's rookie year, only seven and a half sacks, 10 hits, 26 pressures. He may have 15 sacks this year. And it's like, that's this defense 
with uh, a year or two Chase Young is horrifying. Their first round pick was Jamin Davis, and you know what he's gonna do run through wide open holes and make tackles. He's gonna be like White is in uh, Tampa Bay. They replace Ronald Darby William Jackson, which was easy. Cameron Curl was a seventh round, just absolute nail in the back of the draft. And they have Land Collins now too as well. Um, it's awesome. There's nothing bad about this team aside from quarterback. I, I'm going to completely agree here. And I'm just very excited with Chase Young. I think he's at least going to have some 13 sacks here. And, I mean, you even got some John Bostic now. I think it's going to be Bostic was there last year. He's good. And also, you That's can't forget I'm... Cole Holcomb. Oh, my God. Cole Holcomb. Stop. Oh, my God. The moment he came in. Oh, there he is, Taylor. It's Holcomb time. He's good, I man. Cole Holcomb's good. Cameron Curl's good. Know, the only weakness this. on his defense is probably slot cornerback. That's it. Hey, you what? I don't know. Matt, I... This I is the, this. this is the 2019 Buccaneers. I, I want this defense so freaking bad. I'm just like, Payne, Colin Fuller, Curl, William Jackson the third. Ooh, ooh. I yeah, all, all you have to do is be bad five years in a row and just draft defensive line in the first round. It's like how San Francisco was. It's the same sort of strategy. Yeah, but that's what you're supposed to do instead of picking random things and random weapons. Yeah, I completely agree. Which is where the teams always mess up, which is why we talked about Jacksonville. Jacksonville should be doing that type of thing. Instead, they're drafting a running back that they don't need. It just, it's weird wherever it's like, it's such a simple thing, which is why I always say I hate Jerry to my core because I wanted Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera can do what Ron Rivera can do because he has control. Well, and, yeah, I think I, but I think you brought up a good point where it's like you need to understand what your strengths are and build out from there. You can't have every position be good. The salary cap doesn't allow you to do that. So instead it's about finding what you're great at and building out from there. And for Washington, it's their defensive line. They have a cheap linebacker group. And it's and cornerback isn't that important, but they have fine cornerback play. And it's been easy for these guys to play there. But my favorite thing about Washington is just the fact that most teams are all about their quarterback. They have a great quarterback, and the rest of the team goes from there. And that's a cheat code. It's a golden ticket. And you have all these teams constantly trying to find their quarterback. That's kind of what I like about Washington, too, is that they have everything but that. And so they're going to have to win in creative ways. Um, I love this team. I can't wait to watch Washington this year. I think they should be fine. I just don't think that they are going to be. And I believe it's because of the quarterback. That's so, why I don't want to put this as the best team in the division. Otherwise, I would because this defense is going to be scary. I just, I, Fitzpatrick is going to throw some picks. Oh, yeah. He's going to throw like 17, 18 picks. That's what I think so, too, before he's finally pulled. I think all three of these quarterbacks probably start a game this year. I agree. Yeah, no, no, no I'm going to agree. Because I don't think Heineke is going to be able to stay up health-wise because he's itty-bitty. I think Heineke, Allen, Fitzpatrick all start a game. I agree. Um, it's a, It really is embarrassing how bad Dwayne Haskins was for him. Well, that's because Dwayne... And by the way, Dwayne Haskins, does he have a job? Yeah, he's in Pittsburgh. He's out yeah. playing Mason Rudolph for the backup spot. Oh, my God. And Dwayne Haskins. The problem with him is the fact where everybody... He has no accuracy. Well, it's also everybody told him, hey, you got to stop. You got to grow up a little bit. 
And he just said, okay, and pretty much stuck the middle finger up to everybody. Well, yeah, not, not only did he go to a strip club, but he went to the strip club in the middle of like a lockdown season. And not well, only did that, he was taking pictures of it. <laughs> while his coach was going through chemotherapy, making him Yeah, more... that makes it even worse. <laughs> yeah, it, it was like the moment you throw in that tip and you're like, oh, Wow. Ron calls the gym and is like, he's going to kill me. We have to release him. He's gonna get, I'm gonna he die. can't be here anymore. He's going to murder me. I'm going through cancer, and he's going to kill me from something else because he's going to get some booty sweat. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's just not accurate enough to be an NFL quarterback. But So I my cute little prediction here, Washington has the best defense in the NFL next year. Wow. You're going on along. My... Mm-hmm. Cute little prediction is that Washington actually turns out to be a bust. Bust. All right. Because I'll put it this way on why I'm saying bust. I think that this team is going to be kind of like a 49ers of last. Yeah, but that was injuries, though, that killed them. That's my point. So you, that's But actually, this is a young team, though. This I, isn't an I, old team. This is a I, young team. Just saying, hey, don't you you're freaking out on me. I'm freaked I'm, out. I'm telling you. I'm coming I, for you. You're, I'm saying that this to me is gonna be like a 49ers team of last year. I think uh yeah. You're, no, yeah. I think Kansas I think so Kansas City could be a 49ers team of last year. Because they lost the Super Bowl. That doesn't no, that's not gonna happen there. Yeah. Um did you I the Ringer had an article where they interviewed Patrick Mahomes, and he said the exact same thing we talked about in the Super Bowl. He's like, yeah, I got hit a few times early on, and I lost some of my reads. I kept scrambling the pocket too soon. I kept ejecting the pocket yeah. too soon. I got to get better at that. Man. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying he said that exact thing. Again, like we talked about, I think the offensive line was was not as bad as it was made out to be in that game. Um, so the best defense is by DVA next year. You ready? Yep. So one number one here is all right defense. Number one is Pittsburgh, and these are all project projections. Number two, San wow. Francisco. Number three, New Orleans. Number four is gonna be. I can't find it. Number four is Buffalo. Number five, New England. Number six, Tampa. Washington, number seven. I think it's gonna be Washington. I think they're gonna have the best defense next year. I I think I, again I just I don't want to say that I just have that strange feeling I got a 49er feeling here mm-hmm. I just don't think it's gonna hold up overall because like what we talked about at the beginning expectations with this team you're wanting them to be good I want no 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 I want Jacksonville to be good I think Washington's legitimately there, there's a big difference here because like I'm not trying to talk myself into Washington. I don't want them to be good. I legitimately oh. think they're going to be good. Like I want Jackson to be good. I want Cincinnati to be good. I don't see. I'm you're talking to them. Okay, I'll put it this way: you're acting like Washington, how you did about the Chargers, which I don't like. So the Chargers, I want them to be a Super Bowl contender, but then you they're going to be like. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but then they're going to be like. A, I think they're going to win ten games, and Kansas City's going to win like eleven games. And there's going to be a competition in the AFC West this year. Whatever. But I don't, I'm don't. i not going to go say that they're going to win the conference yet. And they're like a I year think, away. I think their defense is a year away. 
What's Washington's Vegas? All right, so their over-under is 8.5. I'm taking the over. I'm going 13 wins. Dude, and I'm, jo- I'm joking. I'm going 11. I'm taking the over. I'm taking the over at eight and a half. I'm going 11 and six. They win the division. And this is what I mean, man, on why this division doesn't make any sense, and why my picks don't make any sense. I got them at nine and eight. That if this, I wish this was a different division, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, like if if Washington was in the AFC South. Or like a more of a normal stable division, this would make more sense. But that's the thing that scares me. Nobody wins the AF, nobody wins the NFC East back to back years. Yeah, nobody no, does. Yeah, that's why I'm picking New York, and that's why I have them pretty much. I have one game because I'm having Dallas nine and eight. I'm having Washington nine and eight. I'm having New York ten and seven. Yeah, I. That's what scares me, though. What scares yeah. me is just that it's this division. This division has a schizophrenia. And I hate this division. Find out in week 16 what's going to happen while you're laughing your ass off at me. Well, you know who plays week 17, right? Oh! It's got to be Philly and Dallas. Well, Washington, yeah, Washington plays the Giants week 17. Is that for the, is that for the division? It always comes down at week 17. So week 17 is going to come down between Dallas, Philly, or New York, Washington. It'll be coming down between New York and Dallas, and it's going to go to the last game where then Dallas will lose to a Philly. But that's not how it works, though, this division. Yeah, it's it always is. A, it's always a... Yeah, I guess we, I see what you're saying. Yeah, see? It always comes down to some Week 17 thing, but I understand what you're yeah. saying. So... Playing for nothing and then laugh. Yeah. So to recap... Dallas and nine wins. I have the under eight and nine. You have the over, and you're going nine and eight. The Giants, the over under seven. I'm taking the under. I'm going seven and ten. You're taking the over at ten and seven. Philly six and a half. I'm taking the under at five and twelve. You're taking the under at four and thirteen. And then Washington at eight and a half. I'm taking the over at eleven and six. And you're taking the under at you know eight, eight and nine. I was going to say, you, I put them at 9 and 8. You can give me the under because I don't like that 8 and a half. Put okay. me at the under. All right, I'm going to change it here to 8 and 9. Yeah. Put it at 8 and 9. Best like skill position best. group in the division. Best I defense disagree. in the NFL. Great mid-zone game. Uh, uh, I think Gibson's going to be a top 10 fantasy running back this year. No, that's not going to happen. Yeah, get ready for it. So you're going to draft him in the second round? Probably. I'm gonna, you know, I'm going to go? I'm going to go Gibson, Miles Sanders, back-to-back. Oh, my God. Actually, I'm going to go Kelsey, Gibson, Miles You're Sanders. You're not going to get... By the way, you know what Kelsey's ranked in fantasy? Probably I can third. Tell you, like, yeah, dude. It's disgusting. He should be the number one pick, by the way. I like that he shaved his beard. He should be number one pick because it's like what you and I have talked about before. Man, who? what tight ends do we have? Oh, I like the tight ends this year. Uh, are you kidding me as far as that dominant? Well, yeah, there's nothing that dominant, but it's like, I like the Titans this year. I like Kittle, that's it. I like Thomas. I like Waller. No. I like Henry. No. Oh, wait, what's my boy in Atlanta? Pitts. Is he a tight end? What are they considering him? Tight end. Is he going to be a tight end slash wide receiver? Maybe. Oh, my God. I, lo- I can't wait to see what Arthur Smith does with him. Not as much as Dylan Raddins, but I can't wait to see what he does with them. You're probably going to like Atlanta this year a lot. 
<laughs> I want to, but right, you're probably gonna like him a lot. I really want to, but the defense is so bad. Yeah, that's true too. And I think they need one more wide receiver. But anyways, yeah. that's it for for tonight. We're back on next time. I guess we're gonna do the the north. We're gonna go north, south, west. I'm busy those got days. Three more divisions left, and then we'll do like an overall like prediction show um, to finish the the podcast season preview. But this Friday we're doing a. I'm gonna drink twelve Lone Star Lights, and we're gonna do a Texan Super Mega podcast with a special guest or two, and maybe some listener calling. So. If you have nothing to do Friday night, we're going to stream it as well, too. If you have no friends and want to play Friendship Simulator, <laughs> um, we're going to do that for the Texan season preview on Friday. So until next time, I'm Matt Weston. Thank you for listening to Bell Road Radio. And thank you, thank you for being on tonight, Taylor. I got to go get my mojo. You get that mojo, you. Oh, my God. I can't walk. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com.